Happy October 20th, everyone. Welcome to Midwest Horror Network's October 2020 special, where we talk about all of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Today we are talking about Treehouse of Horror 20, so let's get right into it. The intro I thought was amusing. Not the best, not the worst, but it was quick enough and got to the point. It was horror related. It was. I thought it was funny. Yeah, like, like I said, it was amusing. Yeah. So yeah, so basically we start with Frankenstein's monster in the lab. We have all the electric doodads going about. and That's the word of the day, kids. Doodads. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he uh, escapes, but before he leaves, he turns off the power because, you know, electricity ain't free. Yeah, especially yeah. for that place. You're reviving people and shit. Ugh, that fucking bill's got to be enormous. Oh, yeah. And then we have the mummy escaping from a museum, and on his way out, he wakes up the sleeping security guard just to knock him out again. Because why not? And so then the monster and the mummy, they've um, gotten together with Dracula and the Wolfman, and they're walking around Springfield on Halloween night. And then they come across the three bullies. Who are dressed up as um, Black Spider-Man from Spider-Man 3. Symbio Spider-Man. Um, I forgot who the uh, middle one was Joker. And then um, I wasn't sure who Joker. the other one was. Master Chief from Halo. Okay, that. which that, that seems weird because Master Chief is the hero of Halo, right? I mean, Spider-Man's also a hero as well. Yeah, but he was Symbiote Spider-Man, which is the the not good one the evil one i mean he's never gone fully evil yeah. he's just kind of gone a little like i'm just gonna beat the ever-loving shit out of you the only time spider-man went fully evil with the symbiote at least in my recent memory was web of shadows the game which was a phenomenal game yeah the last really good spider-man game fight me but yeah so it's because yeah i thought the joke because like the bullies are making fun of them for uh dressing up as like old lame villains uh, so it just feels weird that they have Master Chief there who's not a villain. Uh, what year did this come out? This would have been, let's see, 2000 something. This would have been... Um, was it 2007? I think it was 2009. Either I mean, 09 or 10. Well, I mean, Dark Knight was 08. So okay. it would make sense. Because I was going to say, if this is 2007, that's when Halo 3 released, so that would make sense. Um, I want to say 2009 or 10 is when Reach released... Yeah, so that, I, I guess that kind of, uh, I don't know. October 18th, 2009. So an October so, release. So. But, but they were always, they always wrote it a year before. Yeah. And they always did all this stuff a year before. So it, it was topical at the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's the only good game on the Xbox 360. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Bastard. The four universal monsters, it was like, are we lamos? No, we'll just get new costumes. And so they go to a costume shop. We have Dracula dressed up as Iron Man, Frankenstein's monster dressed up as SpongeBob, the mummy as Jack Sparrow, and the Wolfman as Harry Potter. So they've now got new, up-to-date costumes. They head to the Simpsons house where Homer and Marge are throwing a Halloween party that everybody is drunk at. Um, I didn't catch too many of the background costumes, but I did see Lenny and Carl wore the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And they were doing a little dance in the background, which was amusing. Yes. Um, so they arrive, and Marge, a little tipsy, is like, are you friends of Homer? And Homer's just like, I've never seen these guys in my life. And Dracula 
brings uh, holds up a bottle of wine. Is like, but we brought booze, booze. Come in, friends. And so everyone rolled their eyes. Really unnecessarily, annoyingly drawn out. And maybe they are lamos. Maybe they no, were, no, no, they are. They, they are. are. They absolutely are. Maybe they were right. <laughs> well, as they're at the party, uh, they start hooking up with various Simpsons characters. I think Dracula's with Miss Krabappel. Frankenstein's monster was with Nelson's mom. Um, I forget who the other ones. Oh, um, it was either Patty or Selma. I think it was Selma was with the mummy. And the, they don't really focus on the wolfman, but you see him in the background with somebody. I forget who. Um, and Dracula shotguns a beer the exact way I would shotgun a beer if I was a vampire. <laughs> sure. I, and I think it was all. smooth, yeah. but I mean, they're hitting on the ugliest women in town. Pretty much. They're Everyone drunk. was drunk at the yeah. party. So? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so while they're all... I'm drunk, I have standards, damn it. So while they're all getting it on, uh, the doorbell rings, Homer opens the door, and lo and behold, all four of their wives are there, and they ain't happy. <laughs> Who are also way hotter than the women they're hitting on. I just want to point that out. That's actually incredibly accurate. Yeah. Yes. It's like, why are you cheating? They're drunk. Uh, so they start beating up their husbands and Homer intervenes saying, ladies, ladies, it's not cheating if you're wearing a costume. <laughs> so then they start going Homer after his, him. Homer and his dumbass comments, I swear. That's and true. they actually knock his head off and his head flies into the punch bowl. And his head rolls over, and his eyes are now replaced with X's, which is the Roman numeral 20, which becomes the title for this episode, Treehouse of Horror 20. Oh, so that's why they did... Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Roman numerals, it's a thing. What are these numerals of Roman, Mark? They're exactly what you said. Anyway. Yeah, like I said, an amusing intro. Not the best, but it did its job. And it it did its job pretty well, I thought. Yeah. So first up, we have a segment which is a spoof of Alfred Hitchcock movies entitled Dial M for Murder or Press Pound to Return to Main Menu. Zach, tell us about this one. But before we start, didn't they already use this goddamn title? So like I, episode one or two? I think you're thinking of Treehouse of Horror 3 where they had one that was called Dial Z for Zombies. Mm. Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty but, close. I'm like, I'm like, I swear to God, they already used this. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was a completely different story, but they, they did use the dial letter for okay. something titled before. I'm just like, holy shit. All right. Um, so this is a black and white segment uh, based off of uh, Alfred Hitchcock piece, so nobody really cares. Primarily Strangers on a Train. Stranger in a train, you know, a little bit of yeah. North by Northwest. So, yeah, Lisa is uh, <coughs> in class, and uh, her teacher decides to, um, I guess she's picking somebody for some smarty pants thing. I don't know yeah. what it is. And they choose, uh, she chooses this other boy. Um, I believe he's Asian. Yep. Yeah. And Lisa gets have, super pissed off. And we have Ralph's reaction. What does he say? Like, yay, or good for you, or something like yay that. Yay for different faces. Oh, yeah. Yay for different faces, Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot. Lisa just repeats one, what, the asterisk? Asterisk. Yeah, she Because I guess he had the... a tutor, um, so she was unhappy that Miss Hoover chose somebody who was tutored rather than studying on their own. Fair enough. 
Yeah, so she's just yelling at the kid, asterisk, 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 and the teacher just goes, look, Lisa, I did not put much effort into this, all right? Don't take it personal. And she just continues to say asterisk, 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 and she gets sent to detention. Skinner is sitting there, Lisa comes in, she's just like, Lisa, the fuck? My horoscope said I'd see something interesting today, I just thought it was the horoscope. All right, to the back of the room. That is such a Skinner thing to say. Yes. So... Her and Bart start having a conversation. Bart asks Lisa, do you want to get revenge on your teacher? Yes, I do. But, you know, she doesn't want to work with Bart. And uh, Bart just completely uh, repeats the question of, if I say crisscross, will you finally accept? No. Well, it's a, it's a, so what he proposes is that he'll get revenge on Hoover for her if she gets revenge on Kerbopel for him. So uh, they're crisscrossing or crisscross. Yeah. Um, which his whole repeating of crisscross is directly from Strangers on a Train. That's basically what the villain keeps calling it. And that is how he delivers the line as well. Crisscross. Like that? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. It's a really good movie, but they, they did a good job at spoofing some of the more ridiculous aspects of it. One of these days I'm going to try to watch Alfred Hitchcock movies and take them seriously. But anyways... So yeah, um, she, Elisa eventually gives in and she's just like, all right, screw it. We'll uh, crisscross and uh, prank each of our prospective teachers. So Lisa goes up to, what's the Kerbopple? Yeah, goes up to Kerbopple's house and essentially ding-dong ditches her. That's it. When she gets back to tell Bart that she did it, Bart brings out uh, Lisa's teacher's head. And then Bart starts uh, talking about the euthanisms of what pranks mean for murder. Ding dong ditch. You ring the doorbell and you ditch your body somewhere in uh, a... Uh, you, kill that, you kill her and then throw that ding dong into a ditch. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. Which, which brought up more, more questions that I didn't want the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> the... Okay, yeah. Okay. I, 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 that, that, that reminds me of another thing that happened in this episode, like right before. Okay, so they were coming up with alibis for each other. So oh, Bart's yeah. alibi... Was he goes to a tennis match. Yep. Which, that's another reference to Strangers on a Train. They're, one of the characters is a tennis player and all I'm that. I'm going to ask a question about that in a second. Yep. All right. Either way, Bart bends over and shows his ass to the entire crowd. And this crowd, they're not looking away. They're not terrified or mortified or going, what the fuck is this kid? No, they're staring directly into Bart's asshole they're following it as it, it turns. The same way that they would watch a tennis match. Yeah. Is the same way that they're following his You know, ass. I never noticed that aspect of it's, it before. It's like, you didn't notice. You didn't notice that? What no. the fuck? <laughs> but that does kind of make sense in a gross way. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, you're staring at a fucking hell. All right, yeah. But anyways, that was Bart's alibi. Yeah, yeah there are a lot of felonies in this episode. There really are. It's kind of absurd. All right, anyways. Well, I mean, a Halloween special without felonies. Is that really a Halloween okay, special? Okay, look, murder is one thing. Pedophilia is a whole other ordeal. This is very true. <laughs> I think this... <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to even go down there. Just go ahead. Look, all right, keep it by. simple. Murder, fun. Pedophilia, awkward, weird, and just downright wrong. Let's leave it at that. Wrong and gross. Yes. How did we end up here? Where the <laughs> fuck did I leave off? <laughs> Um, Kerbopple's head, yeah. sure. Uh, Hoover's wait. head. Uh, Hoover's head, yeah. Hoover Dam. Um, what the fuck? Um, okay. So Bart's just like, you have to kill uh, Kerbopple. She's like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll try it again uh, tomorrow, whatever. So she's in class, and she leaves. Uh, she's going down the hallway, and she sees uh, Kerbopple in, um, I guess, an art room or something like that. Yeah, it was the art room. Yeah. 
Krabappel drops her lighter. Now, she's she's shredding paper, and she's using one of those old paper shredders, like the thing where you put it on the paper board. Cutter. Paper cutter? Yeah. Yeah, paper cutter. Okay. Shredder, cutter, yeah, whatever. But yeah, it's that old thing with the really long blade on the side, and you bring it down, and you cut the paper. So she drops her lighter, and for some reason, Krabappel's dumbass decides, I'm going to put my body, arm, and just a quarter of myself in front of this blade... Leaving myself susceptible to be chopped up into, like, a, a fucking bagel or whatever. Their words, not mine. And Lisa walks in. Oh, can you make sure I don't get chopped up into pieces? Uh, sure. Bart pops up by the window. Chop her up like a fucking bagel. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and he's like, crisscross. <laughs> God, that crisscross thing. Lisa, of course, doesn't do it because she's a coward. And, uh, yeah, shit happens. So Lisa goes to use the bathroom, and Bart is in there, comes out of the bathroom. Lisa asks, what the hell are you doing in here? Well, I was originally in here trying to figure out how girls pee. Again, fucking weird. Anyways. And also a felony. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to, like, we need to have, like, a felony counter for this one, for this story. <laughs> shit. Just a little ding. Ding. Felony. We're gonna have a separate category for felony counters. Yep. So they're talking, and it's just like, you gotta do the murder thing, and then all... Um, apparently, uh, Bart now has dirt on Lisa. Skinner's dead. Bart murdered her. And him. Yeah, so it's, he says, if you don't kill Krabappel, I'll have, uh, Groundskeeper Willie testify that he saw you kill, um, Miss Hoover. And she asks him, how did you get Groundskeeper Willie on your side? And he's like, let's just say I did him a favor and pretty much Bart killed Skinner. Yeah, he brings out Skinner's head with a knife just slammed right in the middle of it. To add to our list of felonies. I, I got this. Yeah, Groundskeeper Willie comes out of the bathroom stall, says he has a kilt on. Bart points out, you're missing the kilt. Holy crap. No, 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 no. In a children's bathroom. No, 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 no. You're not only in a children's bathroom, you're in a little yeah. girl's bathroom without pants. <laughs> Which his words were crisscross like the pattern of my kilt. You're not wearing a kilt. Uh-oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Felony number four. <laughs> we're only at number four? Are you sure we're not at more or less? I don't uh, know. I'm pretty like, sure we're more. We got, we, got we got two murders. Two murders. We have one uh, one pedophilia which, account. Which, okay. For, for, for the tennis match staring at Bart's butt. There was more than one person looking That's at him. So that was each an of those people entire is a crowd of people. That's at least fifty plus people, all moving their eyes and heads back and forth as his ass swings from left to right. Because of that one scene, I'm pretty sure the felony count is astronomical for this one. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember how this happened, but Lisa gets a hold of a knife and starts chasing Bart around, trying to kill him, and. That this is where it just takes a huge, weird curve that I don't know how it got here, where it got here. It just She basically starts chasing him through different backdrops of different Hitchcock movies. Like, there or, is Mount Rushmore from North, North by Northwest. Northwest. There are some weird ones that I didn't recognize, um, but it did get very trippy and it, it surreal was, here. It was weird, and it just felt unnecessary. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here yeah it's they, they really dug deep for hitchcock references for the for that part it, it's literally just like all right let's just throw all of any hitchcock reference we can throw in there let's just throw it. okay well did i mean it, it was cool to see the cameo though of him yeah. Yeah. The, um, oh just get knocked off Mount yeah. Rushmore. <laughs> which there is another director that they do something similar with in a later treehouse of horror where they just throw pretty much every reference they can think of from this director into the segment 
but I think they did a much better job in that later one than in this one. Yeah, because there's a bunch of the a bunch of the the backdrop stuff that I didn't recognize yeah. either, and I'm a pretty big Hitchcock fan. I, they, they were nicely animated. They, oh yeah, they looked cool. Well, I yeah. mean, the animation yeah. was good, but I mean, they have a standard now that they got to keep up with, so that's not surprising. But I mean, it, it's just none of the shit made sense. It's yeah. just way left field. It's like, what? Why is this happening? What is the reason for this? Other than just references, 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 references. But anyways, uh, continuing on, they get to a playground, go on this little spinny thing. Uh, Lisa, uh, Mary go on, yeah. Uh, Lisa says, "I'm not a murderer." Throws a knife in the air, lands at Bart's head. Bart dies. Her and Kerbopple walk off with a smile on their face. The end. Which the animation when they're on the merry-go-round was also really cool. Yeah, yeah, they used the whole spinning background to really good effect. I thought. Yeah. This one was okay. It was very okay. It wasn't good. It wasn't terrible. But it's just like if it didn't have the style, I like all my good things I have to say about this are kind of directly towards the style of it. I think our commentary made it funnier. Yeah. Um, oh, our commentary made it a lot funnier than I'm, what it, it actually it, was. It, it, that, it, that is with us trying to sure. count the amount of felonies that were done within yeah. <laughs> than this episode. Here, here's the thing: if you watch this episode, take a shot every time a felony just happens. And you can also you can skip the fifty people that witnessed the same felony. Okay, for that one, you just down the whole bottle of Jack Daniels and scream Lemmy. Uh, they uh, sure, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they, um, uh, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. This overall, this episode was was. It was kind of weak. Um, uh, like it was a couple of really funny jokes, but most of the time it was the the comments that we yeah. were making. Um, and but the animation we made was it good. a lot more entertaining than what it actually was. Yeah. But is I will this, give them credit. Is this the second time they did the black and white? Yes, the King the King, King Homer. Homer one was the yeah. first one. Yeah. The I, and I, you're I, the one who said they're never gonna do this again. I stand corrected. The, uh, did did well, you say that? Yeah, I think did. I did. He did. The because well, uh, well, I, I forgot reported. about this one, which is probably everything we need to know about how I, <laughs> I was going to say. It's not a very member. Well, unless you take into all the you know all the felonies into account, especially by fucking today's standards. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's there's a lot of surprising. Like this far in, they they chose to do the black and white thing again for like an animation. I mean, yeah, yeah, that this is. This was the twentieth one, so they probably yeah. wanted to get a little more experimental. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it was very nicely animated. Oh, yeah. And of course, there's the third segment, which got very experimental. Um, I thought those re- re- I thought those results were much more successful. But we'll talk about that when we yeah, get yeah. to it. I think I'm noticing a pattern when the segment is more middle of the road, boring. We have more commentary. Yeah, um, we tend to fill in like when we're equally feeling the same thing. Like if one of us is not as entertained by one segment, but another one is, we're also pretty quiet. But if we're all universally thinking, but we never say it out loud, that the segment isn't as engaging and isn't as exciting, our commentary starts going. It's just something that I noticed about us, you know, as we watch these episodes and we often make it. We often make each other laugh more than the episode yeah. itself. Don't get me wrong; there were a few really funny moments in this, but yeah. for the most part, it was it was a pretty. Bleh I wouldn't episode. say there was like really funny moments, but there were a few like moments where it's just like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It did have a complete beginning, middle, and end. Very good animation. Yeah. Some good Hitchcock references. They did a really good job at I sending mean, up was, Strangers on a Train. There was definitely no lack of Hitchcock references, that's oh, yeah. for damn sure. The only part that sucked, though, is I would have, and, and this is kind of where I, I, 
I have to be a little Zachy Zach like on this one. This is one of those times I'm a little pissed off at the title because I'm a big fan of Dial M for Murder, and they didn't touch shit from Dial M for Murder. So I am a little upset Are about you sure? that. Sure, because they did cram in a lot. There might be something. There might have been there. something that I missed, but I am a big okay. fan of Dial M for Murder. It's it's still that thing where it's just like okay, had the title make sense for the story. I'm not going to make a movie that's called The Chicken That Left the Coop and have it about a boom pole just sitting there for 12 and a half hours. The, um, at at le- least this one was Hitchcock related. At least it was that. At least it was that. At least it was that. And it was, a fun, it was a funny title, though. I did, I did like... I like, actually did not care for the title. I, I, I think the, it's the one the of those overly really long funny. titles. That, I thought the, t- the pun was funny. But again, it's... it's it's a, it's a title they already used to it. Exactly. It, it, it is like That's another problem. Yeah. 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 It, it, and it was it was one of those things I'm like, I'm like, I really dig um, Dial M for Murder. I would have loved it if they would have made... Hell, if I remember correctly, you said that same thing when they used the original title. Oh, did I? Okay, <laughs> probably did. We'll go, we'll go, we'll, we'll all be listening to it very soon. So, but yeah, that's that's my one, my one big complaint with it um, uh, that I would have liked to have seen more Dial M for Murder shit. Right. If you guys are listening to this, the creators of the show, have your titles make sense, goddammit. That's 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 been Zach's consistent mm. mandate for this entire. Film. I, I, well, I mean, I'm they're probably say, not gonna take my advice because I'm constantly They probably don't on care them. about the titles because, like, not just the Treehouse of Horror titles, but just like the regular episode titles. Yeah, they. I have heard on one of the commentaries saying, if it were up to us, we wouldn't even have episode titles. We just make these up just for episode guides. Oh wow. Okay. So okay. I mean, that makes sense. Sure. Okay. For every episode, yeah, I can agree. There's. How many plus episodes? So sure, that makes nearly seven hundred. Yeah. So, but for the Treehouse of Horror ones, that's a special thing, and you're clearly taking like titles from like you know famous movies and stuff like that. Again, have it make sense. Don't just throw a random title out there that doesn't correlate with the story or the piece in any way, shape, or form. At least this one had a Hitchcock reference attached to it, so it does make sense to a small degree. But that's just a small degree. I mean, I will agree with him though that, that at least this one like was somewhere related. So it just it was one of those things I would have dug a little bit more dial M for murder yeah. references in it. But but like you said, Brandon, they threw so much shit except the, the kitchen sink. How would I know? I probably yeah. would have missed a bunch of shit that I didn't even see. You like there were re- things I didn't even recognize. You know there. what I'm you yeah. know what I'm realizing now? The fucking Raven probably has the most make sense title out of the whole out of the whole goddamn show. Did Zach just say something good about the Raven? Oh, oh fuck the Raven! <laughs> we have an odd recording that he did say something good about the Raven. The most age You liked it. Shut up. No, you I did confirmed didn't. it. Fuck that. The it Raven took sucks. 20 episodes, but we got a good critique <laughs> of the Raven from Zach. Raven sucks. The, uh, I agree, but that, that does, uh, we've already established that, sir. But no, what we do agree upon is you said something positive about the fucking Raven. <laughs> That's exactly what the fuck happened. And I think we should move on to episode uh, uh, segment two. Because uh, that's any last it. thoughts about this one before we move on? Uh, felonies are a problem. Felonies <laughs> are a problem. They definitely were entertaining, though, the felonies. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the episode was kind of boring, but, I mean, the commentary kept us going. The um, actually, that's that's gonna be the new title of, of the episode. It's not Dial M for Murder. It's, it's Dial F, F for Felonies. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Brandon. Fucking perfect. Perfect. I, I 
that we're going to go on to segment two. Yep. That's, yep, that's it. We're going on to segment two. Move on, two. move we're, on. We're, we've right. ended it there. Yep. That's that's what we're going to go. We're going to go to segment two. All right. Brandon, All right. say the episode title and David, do your so thing. on to story number two, Don't Have a Cow, Mankind. David, Jesus. tell us about this wonderful piece of Simpsons history. This one, pretty um, straightforward, quick episode. Um, really fun one. Uh, it's zombie episode today. Uh, this is more uh, focused on like the fast paced zombies yep. versus like the Living Dead, like slow pace, slow paced like dumb zombies. Yeah, there's um, a direct Twenty Days Later reference. A yeah, but into the episode, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, which is the you know birth of the fast paced zombies. Nope. What? Nope. Yeah, 28 Days okay, Later. Well, it's the one that everybody's so, going to remember. Yeah, it, it's the one that made them mainstream, yeah, but the earliest case of fast zombies I can think of was the Italian horror movie from 1980, Nightmare City. Nightmare City. I never watched that. Yeah, it's, uh, that's probably the biggest influence on Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror. Okay. Uh, but yeah, 20 Days Later is the movie that brought fast zombies into the mainstream today. Yep. So. Good. So we start off with a at the um, news conference or whatever with uh, Ken a, Brockman. Yeah, it's a news story. News story. At Krusty Burger, he's Krusty's revealing a new, a new burger. burger. Yeah, the Burger Squared. <laughs> the Burger Squared, which is <laughs> wait, they man, take he called it squared. Yeah, yep. because Jeez. he takes um, he grinds up a cow and then he feeds it to another cow. Then he grinds that cow up <laughs> and he makes that into a burger. So, dude, that squared. is, dude, that burger is, squared. I'm gonna say this right now. That is such a like an American <laughs> fucking thing yeah, to do, bro. I, like that's like, like I, it doesn't get much more American. I don't know if that's even American. That's a whole other level of shit. That it's like, but the, I mean, did, I mean, this actually happened, right? I don't think, I, it's really I think this actually. Did I, I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure they've done it. I mean, like, oh. I'm sure they've done that. I'm gonna go ahead and say a cow has probably eaten another dead cow before in like a plant or something. And we've had it, but. I mean, I don't, well, I, that's actually how mad cow disease can uh, spread, you know, at least yeah. if they eat the brain part yeah. of it. Just, there's actually a fun horror story literally about this scenario. I thought they were going something based off that. Essentially, a whole thing of mad cow disease spreads and just kills off humanity. I thought that's what they were going to go with. Makes this, sense. But, yeah. Instead, it's just the, uh, 28 Days the, Later Zombies. But it, it's stupid because, like, Homer's yeah. not even questioning. It's like, he's got a calculator. <laughs> Like, looks like he's doing his taxes. He checks out. He's even got like the fucking like hat. He's got like the he's got like the bookie hat. It's just, it's just a fucking clear visor. Oh, like holy shit! I haven't seen that since the mask. Oh when Jesus! He pulls it out and he's like, he's like, where is my money? And he pulls out the calculator. Like, well, you got a fourteen thousand and carry the two. We can deduct the tax deductible. <laughs> God, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, go ahead. Anyway, Please, David. So, uh, I think Ken Brockman's the uh, lucky winner gets to uh, taste the burger first and turns into a, <laughs> makes him t- turn into a zombie and bites Krusty's arm. His check, right, his check endorsing arm. Oh. <laughs> yep, and then, you know, everyone turns into zombies because they're all biting each other and getting infected and then um we come back to the simpsons house they're boarded everything up but this is of course how many days later 28 days later <laughs> just funny yeah when we all collectively in the room went ah oh! which yeah. this is not the worst 
spoof of the 28 Days Later subtitle I've ever seen. To be fair, that's like the only resemblance, like the only resemblance to 28 Days Later this thing has is the 28 Days Later thing, or the, mm. you know, title, yeah. mm. and the Fast Zombies, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you could argue that it's more disease-based than anything else. Kind of like how it was, but that's kind of a stretch. But the worst mm-hmm. I've seen, or the most eye-rolling use of like the 28 Days Later subtitle was in House of the Dead 2. Um, something happens at the beginning. How dare you bring And then that movie, it Brandon. cuts to <laughs> later on. You? But instead of saying 28 Days Later, it says... 29 days later and then my brother and i turned off the sci-fi channel <laughs> oh yeah and never turned it back on again how dare you bring up house yeah. of dead part two in our presence sir I to be fair Bull did not ago. make that one he did, no he didn't no who was that i don't know they, Some uh, random dude who got a paycheck. But we watched it on Sci-Fi Channel. That that partially. is that is a fantastic episode of Good Bad Flicks, by the way. It's great. So yeah, um, they're boarded up all their home, their house. Um, zombies are running rapid through the neighborhood. Um, one point, I think Lenny and Carl and Barney had Mo, and they're yeah. like it's taking them to like a secure place to eat them. And Mo's like, oh, my suggestion is to give me a bath before you eat me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And then uh, I think Grandpa Simpson's just trying to get into the Grandpa <laughs> <laughs> I'm your father. See, I don't understand this muncher talk. Yeah. And he closes the curtain and he gets eaten yeah. by the munchers. I can't risk it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, and then uh, they get hungry because they're in there for, you know. Well, Bart's hungry. Bart's hungry. He's like, the only thing um, here to eat is this. And it's a bowl of fruit. Yep, very so, fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah, yeah. really fresh. Like, glistening fruit and vegetables. Like, I was like, God damn, that looks good right yeah. now. Yeah. It really did. I'd be like, I need to put more fresh fruit in the house. For some reason, he takes his tusk open and he's like searching for food outside and he sees um, Krusty Burger um, sitting outside. I think, was, it, he, was he looking in the Krusty Burger? Yeah, it was like a damage, a very damaged building of Krusty Burger. And he sees through the window, there is an untouched burger just still sitting on a table. Yeah. I want yeah. to point out that this he looked at the Krusty Burger squared building first and had nothing. But then he looks at an original one. So originally, I'm like, I thought that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Continue. Um, I also want to point out that it's 28 days later, which means that Krusty Burger has been sitting there. For almost 28 days. It's a fast it's a food burger. And it still probably looked fresh. The, and it's uh, fast food burger like Brandon Picture said. perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was probably there for a photo shoot. <laughs> probably. We know it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, um, he gets the burger. He's eating it. Um, family comes in. They see him eating the burger. They get worried because it's you know obviously tainted, but he doesn't turn. But Homer gets pissed and starts beating the crap out of Bart for some reason. With with, with 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 probably one of the best side gags in this entire episode, uh, when uh, when he's gonna beat him with a book, and Lisa's like, "Dad, don't yeah. beat him with a book." This it's is the a, last book in existence. Arsenio's. <laughs> the Arsenio oh, Go ahead. It's like, oh god, you can yeah, you can get rid of that. <laughs> Sorry, it's Arsenio. But yeah, and then Lisa realizes Bart's not tainted. He could be the beginnings of like a vaccine or yeah. something so the it's like we need to keep him safe as he's strangling him yep and he calls dr herbert and he uses bart's head to dial the number which is 
kind of fucked up. A little bit. It is pretty fucked up. Yeah, violence is entertainment. <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, and then um, uh, Dr. Hipper tells um, Homer to take him to a safe place. Safe zone. Or the safe zone. Uh, so they decide to do that. Um, as they leave the house, though, they're like, all right, we got to be quiet. As soon as Homer leaves, he's like, ah, this is nice, fresh air. What did he say? Man, that breeze Man, feels that good. Man, that breeze feels good. And all the zombies pop out. Yep, just instantly. Instantly. They're hiding everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, you know, knock the door down, chase them out of the house. Or he's like, no, let's go to the panic room. We don't have the panic room. Let's go to the panic room store. And then run out of the house. And then Rainier Wolfcastle barges in. Who is basically their version yeah. of Schwarzenegger, and he's like, "Come with me if Come you want to live." And then the Munchers zombies just take him down immediately. And Homer says, "Another politician who can't keep his promises." <laughs> yeah. But just to backtrack a little bit, I do like how when they were talking to Hibbert on the phone, Hibbert was just fighting zombies at the same time. Yeah. And then he was like, "Tell my wife I love her." And Homer says, you mean tell her I love her or I meaning you? <laughs> Hibbert gets torn apart. I'll just give her a high five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're headed to the um, safe zone. Which Apu comes to get which, them. Oh, yeah. Apu runs through the zombies with this tricked out armored like jeep. Yep. Um, just, uh, you know, he takes them out. And I like his explanation of how he survived. Yeah, because they don't eat. He didn't eat the burger. Yeah, because he's vegetarian. He's vegetarian. And as a convenience store owner, he's armed to the teeth. <laughs> Just look he's up. Good. He's got guns strapped to the ceiling of the monster truck. I think a chainsaw. Yeah. Which brings me to, like, <clears throat> back to the beginning, um, where they're watching the news with the reveal of the new burger. And Lisa was, like, disgusted. And then Marge was like, just because you're a vegetarian, these cows had different choices. Made different choices. Pretty Fuck messed up. up. Yeah. They chose not to be vegetarians, Lisa. Shut up. Yeah, they instead chose to be cannibals. <laughs> or were forced to be cannibals. Forced. I have no idea. No, they were forced. Krusty does not treat anything humanely. So Apu's taking them to the safe zone. They're fighting off zombies on the way. They, for some reason, see a ramp and they jump over a pile of cars and get stuck. Um, and Poe's like, I'll go out and I'm going to push the car for you guys. Whatever you do, keep Bart alive. Keep Bart alive. And he pushes the uh, Jeep down and they drive off and Poe's like... And Marge is like, it was so brave of Apu to sacrifice himself for us. <laughs> and Poe's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to stop and wait for me. And then the zombies get him. Yeah. <laughs> that part always made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, they make it to, I guess, what, the car... Flips, what happens it to the car? runs out of gas. Runs out of gas. Um, they get out. They have to walk to the safe zone. Um, they get through the woods. They get. I think Homer separates from them for a second. And gets yeah, he sees his uh, dead Mr. Dead Burns. Dead Mr. Burns. He's like dead in quotation marks. Yeah, he's like who's you know slacking off now and then pulls Mr. Burns' nose out. Got your nose and Mr. Burns bites his freaking hand. He turns into one of the munchers. Meets uh, Margin. Uh, Lisa and them like dad did you eat one of those burgers or are you, are you turning into are one you turning of those into uh, muncher? muncher he's like no, 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 no. No. brains 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 <laughs> and Bart's got the shotgun he's like alright where do you want it mouth or your head or eyes mouth or mouth eyes mouth or eyes eyes it is <laughs> he's like my mouth no eyes it is <laughs> and then Marge is like no once we get you to the safe zone we'll have a cure um, they make it there he's like here's your 
savior and everyone's like just getting down on their knees and just worshiping bart yeah oh yeah we must we must cut up the cut up the savior and, yeah. and, and, and no, eat him it, it was um yeah yeah they were it like in his... order to cure we have to eat your flesh and marge was like what kind of people eat the flesh and blood of their own savior Body and, blood. <laughs> and then Ruffin lovejoy's in the background like uh. <laughs> see what had happened was <laughs> Look, he's the one who told us to do it, all right? So um, how the episode ends is how, what the cure is. Bart has to take a bath in their food for them not to turn into one of the munchers. So, Which is, okay. He's in his big like, jacuzzi of like soup. Yeah. And the grossest part is like, when Nisla gets like her portion, he's like, here you go. He, he puts the bowl right towards like his crotch and his Alright, here you go, Lisa. There's another tick for the felony counter. Yeah. And by the way, when it backs out, it shows that Homer still has yeah, some insecurities <laughs> in a fucking cane stuff. <laughs> I don't think he wants to eat his son's ball juice or sweat. I, I don't know, man. Oh, there, like, there's so much shit with gross. Bart in this. If, if, that was, if that choice was left up to me, I'd just become a muncher. <laughs> yeah. Drink balls juice. And mind you, like, you have to, like, you know, he has to be soaked in their food every day. Yeah. That's that's the problem. Disgusting. Yeah. It really it, is. It's not like a like one time, here you go, you're cured. It's like to prevent that, you literally, he has to take a bath in your food it, it, every freaking like, lunch, dinner, breakfast. If you eat, yeah. He's waist deep. In that every disgusting part of your body is in that soup, and this whole civilization is drinking slash eating from it. There's some poo flickles in there. I know it. There's there, uh, there's oh. definitely some swamp ass in there. Oh yeah. Let's not oh, yeah. let's not think let's about not it. Let's not dwell on this. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that, other than uh, swamp ass soup. What, what what did we think of this one? I don't know how many felonies are we up to now. <laughs> many. The um, I thought True. this was far more enjoyable than um uh, than the first episode. I agree. The, I think uh, they're kind of oh, on yeah. the same Fuck level it. for me. They're just eh. The um, I thought there was a lot more funny, uh, funny stuff going on in this episode. The um, a lot more funny gags. Um, uh, um, Grandpa Simpson always does it for me. Like he always, like every time he's doing something, <laughs> like I almost always laugh. The um. <laughs> Ever since the welfare joke, he's kind I, of always that's gotten That's the thing. It. That's the only joke for me that's really done it for him is that welfare joke. It was fucking hilarious, but that's all he's really done, at least that I can remember. The um, uh, I know there are others, but since we're on the spot right here, I'm not thinking of them, but I do know there are others. There are others. Oh, yeah, there are definitely Oh, others. yeah, there was um, the Nightmare on Elm Street spoof where at least was like, the next time we go to sleep, we could die. Eh, welcome to my world. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, that was one that, that really episode. got Mark. Um, but I, I know there are others besides that. Yeah, the um, uh, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of funny uh, funny bits in this. Um, uh, you know, a lot of different funny things. So the crazy redneck, you know, like, ah, you think there's a safe zone, do you? Oh, oh, oh. Well, actually, it's right over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was just unnecessary. The um, uh, and then the uh, the whole thing with the poo was was great. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, there was a lot of funny. Oh um, uh, yeah, a lot of funny bits. The thing with that poo was probably the best bit of this uh, section. Your story. You're, you're supposed to come back. They used to wait for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Squared Burger got me, and Homer's just trying to figure it out. It checks out. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fucking uh, the bookie accountant hat. It's like, like holy shit. 
When was the last time you saw somebody wear one of those fucking things? The mask. The mask. God. The, uh, I want to get myself one of those hats now. I enjoyed this one too. Um, it does kind of fall a little flat at the end. Um, but I thought they did a pretty good job at like the fast zombie tropes and just some general post-apocalyptic tropes as well. Um, and yeah, there were some good laughs. It was, the, the it was Ars- fun. The Arsenio one was pretty fucking fun. It was very <laughs> like like very timely, but like you know like like kids today would have no idea who the fuck Arsenio is. Oh no, they um no clue. But like, when was the last time he was even relevant? Yeah, a couple years ago when he was still trying to revive the show, but no one would give him yeah. any music licenses, so he played he was, gen- generic music. What the fuck did he try reviving the show? Like maybe like I don't know, five years ago. Wow, that's on the Apprentice too. Was he? I think so. Yeah, huh. That sucks. So yeah. for everybody who doesn't know, <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. for anybody who doesn't know who Arsenio Hall is, Arsenio Hall was a it was a late night uh, talk show host. That started a, a a different kind of version of like the Jay Leno's and the David Letterman's. Kind of had you know he's a black guy. He had more of an urban feel to it. He would put on guests that like normally wouldn't be on there. You know he had a lot of rap groups on. He had a lot of um, traditions. He had politicians on there. Like he did. Sh- Honestly, he was doing shit that like podcasters do now. Like what Joe Rogan does yeah. with having like off the wall guests that you would never think to have like scientists and like. Paleontologists and things like that. Like Arsenio would do that. Like he would have on scientists and and like unusual guests that you would never see on a regular thing. And he was doing this shit on cable, like on you know on a network show uh, during that time when uh, you know when David Letterman and Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien were the biggest things. He was he was kind of doing the offbeat stuff that nobody else would do, which today would be perfect in a modern podcast. Shocking that he doesn't have his own and isn't more involved in that world. Yeah. He's built for that, um, but he did things. Actually, wasn't that, that around the time Joe Rogan got started? I hear he got started around like 2010, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but the, yeah, no, Arsenio was yeah. way before that. I mean, if 90s. he did get that whole thing started, then maybe he, hell, who knows? Maybe he would be where Joe Rogan is today. That, that may be very, very true. But yeah, he was always in, um, having different people on. Um, he is a lot of people think that he was a huge proponent of how uh, Bill Clinton got elected because uh, because Bill Clinton played the saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show and everyone saw Bill Clinton in a whole new way. It wasn't about politics. It's like it's about, oh, he's relatable, he's entertaining. Like, um, he was the you know, um that was a huge deal to have him on the show. Hmm. And then he would have like poets and other things. Like it was very, very different for you know, for the time. It's commonplace now on all the podcasts, but yeah. he was doing something that was very different. Um and now he's pretty much uh relegated to uh documentaries about the nineties. Hmm. Um, uh, relegated <laughs> to the past, unfortunately. But tis tis what it is, what it is, what it is. Mark, tell us about our third and final segment for the episode. There's no business like Mo business. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why Mark got this one. Because <laughs> I had to take it because it's 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 a oh a musical theater um, version uh, of of The Simpsons. So essentially, they're doing a parody of several different musicals, but the main one is Sweeney Todd. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie version of Sweeney Todd or the play version of Sweeney Todd, it is about a um, barber that, actually the original title of Sweeney Todd is Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. It's actually loosely based on a story where a real life barber was a murderer and cannibalist who um, would work with his um, the person who, the shop that was below, which was a pie shop and would actually bake 
people into mm-hmm. fucking pies. Um, uh, that sounds strangely delicious. It is a fantastic fucking musical. Fantastic. Yeah, that's one of my um, uh, not a fan of the movie with Johnny Depp. I mean, Johnny Depp's cool, but like yeah. the, the musical itself is is truly fantastic. Has great music, great performances, and this is and this is very much a parody along with several other musicals. It's them, um, uh, per, you know, actually doing the musical, but they show the audience, they show all the behind the scenes stuff. It's very meta. In that regard, very much. I think I've brought this up before. It's like Noises Off, um, uh, which is a show about a show. It's about the, what's going on behind the scenes. So it has a little bit of that. It's kind of a cool thing. In the actual production, um, they're inside Moe's Bar. Uh, uh, which the curtain is painted to look painted yes. to look like the exterior of Moe's Tavern. And you do see stagehands. And it's like a two-level set and everything. One with the top floor and one with the basement which by the way is a direct reference to Sweeney Todd because that is actually something that is in Sweeney Todd um, uh, because it does two levels the bakery was on the first floor uh, and then they had a um, uh, they had a barbershop which is on the top floor yes that is correct sounds like an expensive play to do it was a it's a very it can be a very expensive set Um, uh, the uh, there's actually um, there's that there's actually a slide where the where the bodies will go down to the basement uh, where where the pies are baked, and there's actually a specialty chair that he literally goes like this, and then it goes from an upright chair to a flat chair, and they go right down the chute. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a direct reference to that. So um, Homer and Marge are in the bar making out. Um, uh, Mo is uh, singing a song about how lonely he is, which he spends most of the series talking about how lonely he is. Um, uh, and uh, he... Sings to a portrait of his mother, um, talking about how he wasn't hugged as a child. The portrait immediately spits in his face, um, <laughs> which even Zach smiled at. Um, uh, so he's singing how lonely he is, and da 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 da. Um, and then uh, the um, uh, he figures out that there is an issue with the lines um, uh, to uh, pour beer out of the tapper. The the lines actually leading to the tap. There, yeah. um, uh, so. He says, oh, there must be another mouse. Or the pipes, I guess we should call them. They're called lines. Oh, they're called lines? They're called okay. lines. Yeah. Well, the, I don't drink, so I, I, never, I wouldn't know this. I worked and Malk's an, al- Malk's. Mark's an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I just worked in a bar. Um, uh, the, uh, so, uh, my father owned one, so I know the difference. The, um, so he says to get rid of a mouse, he gets a cobra um, and then puts it into the actual line. Uh, try to get rid of the mouse, and uh, that of course does not work. So he says, "I got to go run down real quick and go uh, check on what's going on down there." Yep. Um, which he goes down there via a trap door right behind the bar, which Homer does not see, and then drops directly down uh, down into the floor, uh, and then lands on a bunch of pipes. All because he saw an unsupervised tap. There you go, unsupervised tap. I mean, well, you know, that's that's truly an alcoholic. Um, uh, well, they didn't see an unsupervised <laughs> yeah. tap. So Homer falls directly down there, gets gets on some rusted pipes, um, uh, and Mo, <laughs> Mo uh, says, Homer, just relax. And he relaxes too much, goes deeper into the pipes. Don't uh, relax. They don't relax. Don't relax. They, um, uh, so Homer begins to bleed inside of the beer, and then, of course, um, the uh, little bit of blood gets into the beer, and then everybody uh, loves it. Everybody loves the taste of the beer. 
which is exactly what the fuck happens in, Sw in Sweeney Todd. Um, they used one body um, to make some meat pies, and then and then it became the most popular meat pies in London. Same same thing here. So uh, they begin to pour, and then through the course of it, he um, uh, says, "Well, I'm I'm secretly in love with Marge, so I'm going to write a letter that says <laughs> that says Homer left, um, uh, you know, or Homer left me." And then a week goes by, and then oh, I'm sorry, he tells Marge that that he left, and then a week goes by, then he gets a letter about how Homer has actually never loved her. Makes the letter. Makes the letter. He's like, it's in my in my handwriting, my stationery, and it sounds exactly like my um, inflection, but it's definitely from Homer. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I've never loved Jews because I was always been gay. The uh, <laughs> Bart, Linda, and the other one should still have a father. I suggest Mo. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark's like, he does sound like Homer. Um, uh, so, and then they go into a whole musical number where about Homer is gay, and that is where Zach lost it. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? The um, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, well, you can't really talk about musical theater without talking about somebody being gay. And then Homer sings a whole song about being gay um, and about um, making love with many different types of men um, from other countries, from other countries, including the Eiffel Tower. So the charade keeps going. The funny thing about this episode, though, is while this is all going on, there's a bunch of other like audience-oriented shit. Kane and Kodos make their one-time appearance, which I will say, this is. I'm gonna add this into the category of being shoehorned in, but it isn't one of the ones that's so fucking blatant it's annoying. Like at least this one made sense. Yeah, it is it a little shoehorned, but it does make sense. It wasn't like Island of Doctor Hibbert where they literally went through the whole episode and then they tacked on King Kodos at the very yeah, end. like yeah. that. Like that one was just blatant. This, this one was definitely written with them in mind. It, it just wasn't the strongest I, material. I don't know. I, I don't think I would say it was written with them in mind. It's just like, oh yeah, we could throw them in here. So fuck it. Yeah. The um, I would. I'm gonna say it's. I'm in, in between you and uh, you and Brandon on this. I think. I think it's. It's definitely to me. It's definitely a a shoehorn, but it's not as blatant yeah. as it has been in other well, episodes. I mean, at this point, it's gonna be a shoehorn. Like they want them. Yeah, in every I guess. I guess there's episode. that. I guess so it that. does feel like that, but I. I love it better when they write them into the actual story than Agreed. that. Just here you yeah. go. Yeah. And, or and, if there's a story that actually revolves around them. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer those those more than the more than the shoehorns. But I will say though that this is definitely a better one of that. That's yeah, absolutely. It, it's not the best, but it's by far not the worst. Yeah. No, I, no. I, I definitely get that. Um. So, but there, um, there's a bunch of other things. There's a lady that oh, the fucking answers her fucking cell phone. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I don't like that at all. In every that personally, I was gonna say, uh, and they um, that's that's like, like that's like, and not only that, she fucking answered and she had a conversation. Yeah. I'm like that's one that like that's that's some like you. I was like, bitch, you may you may get some like Axl Rose shit where that where it jumps <laughs> off the fucking stage and tackles you. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> like. Like you want to see a diva, you you see a fucking diva, man. What what we pick up your cell phone? Okay, wait. Has anybody? Okay, in any of the plays you've done, has anybody ever done that where they've just been like bitch and they've just jumped off the stage and attack a motherfucker with a cell phone? I've 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 had people had people their cell phones ring. I have never had anybody had the balls to fucking answer. Like um, at the very least, I uh, although I did (laughs) when I played the genie in Aladdin, I did have a dude. Fall asleep in the front fucking row, <laughs> and I was the damn genie though, so I so I was allowed to say whatever the fuck I wanted, 
and I and I and I and I totally called him out on it. I was like, I'm sorry, are we boring you? Nah. <laughs> the um, the uh, yes, good morning, sunshine. There's a plane going on up here. The, uh, <laughs> Did you did you want me to get you a pillow? The um literally did this. My fucking director was furious, but I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> the, <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> the oh, um man. No, the, that, that's something. If you're gonna be in the front row, you need to pay attention and be incognito as possible. If you're dealing with, especially with fucking comedians. Oh, oh yeah. my oh, yeah. god. No, no, no. And like, and again though, like again, this is children's theater. But again though, like I was playing the fucking genie. Like the genie has no rules, zero rules. <laughs> the um, uh, and and I think he was the director was extra pissed because it was like a special performance that we did over in Indiana where we get in, they get invited to the theater like it's a special professional theater. The, you know. <laughs> Uh, theater in the round actual thing is a very um, more professional uh, setting and they get asked to come back to this and like he was very concerned that we're that we're gonna not get asked back because because I could I couldn't fucking help myself look if the rest of the audience isn't dying of laughter by that point then fuck them the, um, uh, oh no I didn't care I didn't even remember if they laughed all I remember is is that guy waking up and, and wondering what the fuck happened <laughs> he was like where am I going Holy oh, shit, wait, wait, okay. Oh, man. But yeah, no, no, I would fucking murder people if they answer the phone. Like, that's, like, that's beyond disrespectful. Oh, yeah. That's, like, that's our equivalent to, to somebody on the crew during a shot answering their phone. Like, yeah, that, that kind of shit. But anyway, so, so anyway, they go through the performance. Um, the uh, Mo at some point realizes that he's running out of juice from Homer, so he goes down there to squeeze him a little bit more, and then he goes down there and figures out that he's uh, that he's not there. Yeah, because Homer was just um, just finished his own musical number, so he was still getting the makeup people <laughs> put the pipes prosthetic on him and everything. That was my favorite part of this it, segment. That, that is a that is a great fucking part. And Mo's like, "Well, I got I guess I got a riff." By the way, it happens all the time. Happen. People miss their cues. People people aren't on stage when they're not. We had a, 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 there was the end of Wizard of Oz when I when I was a, when I was in there. They literally flipped on the lights, and it's the, at the very end when Dorothy wakes up from the dream, and she's not in the fucking bed. <laughs> the lights go on. She's not in the bed, and and my, and my boy Cody Lester, without missing a beat, literally says, "Oh, she must be in the bathroom." Lights go off, <laughs> and then the next thing she lights her back on. So that shit happens all the time. <laughs> he didn't miss a beat. He didn't miss a beat. The completely cold, like stone face, just perfect, per- perfect response. I-, I could see the I could see the background now. It's just everybody behind the scenes. It's just like <gasps> dude, he says that everybody just starts dying afterwards. Just oh, dude, like I, motherfucker. It was really hard for me not to sit back there and laugh. I think I. I think I, we grab like the stage hands and I all grabbed each other to stop from each other from laughing. The um, uh, so yeah, that shit happens like the, the changes because she had to change from like a black and white or I'm sorry, a colored costume to a black and white costume mm. because she's back in the real world now. And there was a little bit of a snafu. Gotcha. Literally the same thing that happens with Homer. He's like literally the, you can see the stage hands trying to put this little apparatus back on him that has all the. Has all the fucking pipes sticking out. The um, and then finally gets back, and then he's then immediately like completely made up. Like all of his skin is all is all deteriorated now. Um, uh, finally he's gonna do some. Mo goes back up to propose to Marge. Um, uh, you know, and they do a whole number about how you can do worse. Um, which was hilarious. 
the um, literally um, uh, the two guys, and then um, it was Lenny, Carl, and Barney, and Barney were in were the audience. There. And it was we're proof you could do worse. Yeah. Oh my God, it was it was great. And then Homer finally emerges from the top, and he's like, "Yeah, you can do." Then he does the last note. I forgot what it was. Um, uh, but he, um, he reveals that he's there. Which he sells the pipes through him in the whole, the like, beer, the whole, the, beer. The, the giant keg. Yeah. Um, behind him, he says, you know, Marge, can you still love me if, um, uh, I'm half beer. If half beer. And she says, of course. I always have. <laughs> which, which was a very great subtle joke. The, um, uh, the, and it's, uh, and then they end the whole, the whole thing with a nice little number about thanking them for doing the, um, you know, the Halloween special. Which, by the way, this is the second time I've seen this um, done with an ending musical number to end this. This one is is a thousand times better than the last fucking one. Because it was actually part of the story. Correct. The, um, it wasn't 100%. out of nowhere. It was, there, there was context for it. It felt right for it to end with that little musical number because the whole segment was, was a musical, a musical theater number. send-up. Um, and then they end it with um, literally the whole like ending ad um, the studio ad that goes, you know, like, and and then they show the uh, the ad. Literally, Kane and Kodos are in the audience, and, sh- and they do the shh. Yep, because uh, one of them was asleep. All the, the audience right. was cleared out, but Kane and Kodos were still there, and one of them was sleeping. The uh, which was great. Um, uh, the um, a lot of I, I for some reason I have I always remember that you know dun 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 dun, dun and then sh- the uh, the ending the Gracie films the logo. Gracie films uh, logo. The um, uh, but yeah, that, that was this was a great, this was a fun segment, and actually, the more I talk about it, the more I enjoyed it because the more memories I'm I'm remembering about all the bullshit that's happened and all the backstage stuff that 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 exists. Um, I'm surprised, Mister Theater Boy. I, dude, it comes with the territory, man. The um, uh, it, it, there was a lot of crazy shit that's happened. I've seen a lot of snafus, a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of crazy shit. I mean. Lights go on when you know lights are supposed to go off, and then a gunshot goes off. But you've seen that the uh, seen that theater theater may not close when it's supposed to close. That whole thing with Wizard of Oz. The uh, so I mean I get it. Yeah, you've also been in way more plays than I have. Oh yeah, the hundred percent. Yeah, I thought this was a very creative segment. Uh, Agreed. Like overall, this is a more experimental Treehouse of Horror than more Mm. recent ones because we had the black and white. Hitchcockian first segment, and then we had the third segment, which was an all-out animated musical theater thing going on. And they did a really good job with that. Yeah, they had some really, really good animation for all three segments. That I will say, though, all three segments did have really good animation. But again, we're at the point where it's just like they've got the animating budget for frickin' miles or whatever at this point yeah so. but there are other recent ones where it's just like they just do nothing creative with the animation for the Treehouse of Horrors um, like Treehouse 17 they, they really did nothing with that one except for the sepia tone during the War of the Worlds one mm. um, but this one they did something a little unique for each of them and really I, I would say animation wise the second one is probably the weakest but even that had some really good detailed stuff like when Hans Moleman got run over and like his brain gets popped yeah. out of his head. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So there is some nice detailed stuff in that and yeah, so overall this is a very well animated um episode of the Simpsons, which when they went like to the high def era that we're in right now, I do as opposed to like the hand drawn era, I do feel they lost some of that creativity. But this episode kind of brought some of that creativity 
back. Um, any last thoughts about segment three before we head into our wrap up? Not that I can think of. No. Uh, I enjoyed <clears throat> this one a lot because I am a big fan of theater, um, especially like Sweeney Todd is one of my favorite. Um, definitely like musicals. I love it. Like I had started loving it by like watching Singing Rain. It was one of my favorite musicals, so I definitely enjoyed. Yeah, I got into it. Never would picture you for a Singing in the Rain type yeah, of guy. <laughs> Singing in the Rain is a great. It's movie. a great it's movie. A, it, it like, it's the reason why I like musicals. It's the uh, dude, I never loved it until I watched dude, that movie. Dude, two of my, literally two of my favorite, like my three favorite musicals of all time are Jekyll and Hyde, Sweeney Todd, and Guys and Dolls. And okay, Greece. that's you. I'm talking about him. Look but, at him. I, I, look, I know, I look at him. Do you think... But, oh, yeah, but, I love Singing in the Rain. But, oh, my God. But, but think about how ridiculous... Singing in the Rain isn't just a great musical. It's also great. one of the best movies about making movies. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. The, um, uh, it's definitely it, a good one. The, um, but yeah, I mean, like, you can... That's the thing with musical theater, man. You can be so broad mm. like you know like you can have something like singing in the rain and guys and dolls but you can have something like sweet todd which is <laughs> or awesome. evil dead or the evil dead music i mean like so far the best musical i've seen is evil dead you gotta you gotta actually see if when when sweet todd actually comes to town and everything else like we gotta go see it because yeah. it's phenomenal if it ever comes to town i'll definitely go see yeah. it there's another one that i'd like to go see a different because i saw the movie loved the movie but i hated uh this uh it was Lane Tech, Arsenio and Olace or something like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. fun. That's a funny. Love fucking... the movie. It's fucking hilarious. But the performance they did, I was boring as shit. I would like to see another person's rendition of it, but that one's definitely a good one. That's a great thing with theater, man. You can see it. You can see a play twenty different. You know, uh, you know, twenty different performances of the same play, and you'll yeah. you'll never get the same one twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to see Bugs. Brandon took me to see um, the film version of it. I know there was a play, I didn't know what there was, but I want to kind of check that one out. Yeah. yeah. I do want to see the musical of Carrie as well. Oh, that'd be interesting. Oh, that would be interesting. One musical I would actually really like to see, just to see a heavy metal musical of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be cool. Somebody get on that and bring it to Chicago. The, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that, yeah, please, somebody get on that. We're too busy. The, um, uh, I did, I, I did, um, I didn't want to not talk about this real quick with the segment. I did appreciate the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, joke oh, yeah. that was quickly mm. added in there. You mean shoehorned in there? Uh, it, uh, right, it, it was, was a little shoehorned. It yeah. was a little shoehorned, but I did it enjoy it. It was appreciated, it. but shoehorned. The um, uh, I did enjoy it. The um, <laughs> of course uh, you enjoyed it. I'm just like, what's the purpose? I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's head into our wrap up here. Funniest moment, and I think we actually have a few to choose from. A lot for this one. Well, I mean, mm. this, should we add a? Worst felony moment for this one? <laughs> no, because we all know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Too obvious. Oh, fuck, funniest moment. Uh, oh, my shit. funniest moment is just the Homer checking out the squared burger. That's mine. Mine. I might actually agree with David just because of how random it is. And Marge you guys leaving really a poo like behind. that visor. That was <laughs> well, the visor is what makes it. Yeah. I don't know why. It's a nice little costume change. <laughs> mine was them leaving a poo behind, yeah. and a poo oh, just my. being like, "What are you doing? You're supposed to stop at the bottom and wait for me." <laughs> oh, that was fucking funny. The um, uh, yeah, there uh, yeah, there's a couple of really good ones. I'm, yeah. I'm having trouble. I think that my problem with the Apu thing was that's very predictable that that was going to happen, but it still works for me. It, it was works. just like, well, I already know where this is going. Yeah, like like for me, like back when this episode first premiered, I saw it coming, but it still made me laugh. There you go. 
the um uh, the uh, the convenience store strapped to the uh, um uh, to the nth degree yeah. was pretty was pretty fucking. Well, funny. no, that 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 was good, but I'm just like the whole like oh yeah, he's absolutely gonna get left behind, even though yeah. they could have easily picked him up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that for my fu- funniest segment because that did make me laugh quite a bit, and then and then also I will tie that with with Grandpa Simpson. The um, uh, you know, but I'm your father. I can't save you. <laughs> All right. Uh, creepiest, scariest, grossest, or most violent moment. I know where mine's gonna be. Um, right. I imagine that most people are gonna agree with me. Uh, Let's hear it. Bart Soup. Yep. Yeah, that was the definitely grossest moment. Yeah, that that that's. I, I'm I'm gonna pick two here. I'm I'm gonna go with that one because that one is just gross. But it wasn't like straight up gross. like, like it was gross, gross. That yes. was just straight um, up disgusting. Like you're, ugh, fuck, yeah. ugh. Um, but I'm also going to go with the whole concept of grinding up cows to feed to other cows to turn into. <laughs> that was very. That's just over the t- just randomly. It's like, a little too close to the truth. There was a lot for this episode because that was definitely disturbing. I, also, them staring at Bart's ass was very less. Again, the felonies too. are plentiful oh, yeah. in this one. <laughs> the, 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 and, and, and I will add felonies a, are off limits. The um, <laughs> the, um uh, dial, uh, uh, dial F for felony. Um, uh, the one thing I, I do want to add though that I thought it was cool because it was kind of violent and kind of weird. Was when Apu ran over the uh, the old man and his brain popped out. Hans Molman. Hans Molman, yeah. and then the glasses landed exactly where it was. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. That that one's up there as well. I felt that wasn't nearly as bloody or gory as it could have been, but it was cool. It was yeah, cool. It, it was, was it was a, it was a cool like um, I thought it was cool violence. The um, I've seen. We all have least favorite segment. I'm going to go with the first one just because that one just felt the most thrown together i'm gonna definitely go with the first one i i i i I thought our again i'm gonna probably universally pick the one that we add the most of our own commentary on because it's starting to show a pattern Mm. that the ones that are the least likely for me are always the funniest in this room and not necessarily on the screen i just thought that it was overall it was a very you know kind of that middle of the road very forgettable segment. It will be interesting to see on these remaining 11 episodes just how that theory of yours holds up. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm definitely curious. David, Zach, worst or least favorite? My least favorite definitely was number one. Um, I mean, I was into it, but I was into more of our commentary than anything. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was just okay. Yeah, it, it was, was okay. average. Didn't say, yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like a big fan. And Zach, you sound like you're contemplating. Yeah, like he's yeah. like actually like I'm digging that he's actually struggling with this. Again, this this whole thing was a flatline. Like there was no episode that was like terrible like a bunch of the previous episodes, but there was nothing that Okay, I'm actually going to say the first one was a standout because of the amount of fucking felonies. It's just like Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah. But uh, fuck it too, I guess. Just uh, yeah, short too. I I that's the one I'm going to go with. For just, least favorite? Eh, it's Basic. Okay. It's just zombies. Oh. Like, I haven't seen a billion other zombie things before. Okay, okay, Actually, this is what, 2009? Yeah, this yeah, is when this zombies been. was overdone yeah. to the hundred fucking this degree. Was zombie, this is zombie land days, man. Dude, this yeah, was yeah, in like, 2009. Like, let's see. Still before Walking Dead, because Walking no, Dead yeah. premiered in 2010. You said this was 2009? Yeah. yeah. So Call of Duty World of War, so. Nazi Zombies. Yep, this was when zombies just zombie became land, the whole so. fucking zombie rage. Land. So it was, like, it was written in 2008. 
So yeah, there's a shit ton of zombie stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, Zombie Land was 09, so it came out the year of Zombie Land. But what about Dom of the Dead? Was that 06 or was that uh, the Zack Snyder remake? That was 04. Yeah. 04. Was it? Yeah. And then, wow. and then and 28 days later was 02. Wow. And then 02. But 28 weeks later though was, was 07. Was 07. Yeah, this was right around that. that yeah. Well, it makes sense that they would yeah. do that. But it's still, even at that time, zombies weren't as overdone. Like it wasn't until Call of Duty, you know, added the Nazi zombies, Nazi zombies. that zombies just went. Fucking insane! What year was and, Nazi Zombies? Oh, uh, let's see. I started. I started high school. So. Tw- yeah, 2009. Yeah, because oh, that's when World at War when it came out. And, and then, and then also, Walking Dead had just. No, World Walking, World Walking Dead was, Dead was a year later. It was a year later, yeah, yeah. and that's when it really exploded. Yeah. The um, uh, like it really maybe for like movies and stuff, but in games, once Call of Duty Nazi Zombies launched, it's just you couldn't look in a single area. Zombies were just fucking everywhere. But he's uh, not better. Um, <laughs> favorite segment. I gotta go with three man for me. This is just, that's just a personal that's a personal mm-hmm. thing though. I'm gonna agree as well. That one was it was really creative. Um, the first one was also creative, but like I said, it just kind of felt stitched Flat. together. Mm-hmm. Second one I thought was enjoyable, but I didn't really care for the ending. And it is like Zach said, just another mm-hmm. zombie story at the core of it. Um, I thought for like a little seven minute Simpsons segment, it was very good zombie fare, but this third one was just something so unique from everything else we've seen in other Treehouse of Horrors, and it was entertaining, and it was cool, and it was nice how they put together all those little gags of those little Mm -hmm. snafus that do happen behind the scenes of actual stage musicals. Yeah. I want to go with the third one too, just because you know personal reasons. Too. I enjoy musicals. I enjoy you know theater. Um, I agree. Like the first one just was basic. It wasn't terrible. The second one was just really really funny with some good animation. Um, and then the ending too was a little flat, but you know we added that gross part with Bart bathing in their food. Ugh. So yeah, that was bad. And uh, yeah, three is definitely going to be my solid. favorite. It's gonna be solid, and then also obviously it's you know coming from the theater background and knowing that world very well. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of things right, um, uh, like a lot of things right. I don't I actually, I can't think of a single thing that they blatantly got wrong. The um, uh, like I, I can't think of a single thing. The um, I mean yeah, a lot of this is of course over exaggerated and there's oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of crazy shit well, going the on. Theater is over exaggerated. Oh, 100 percent. The um, uh, but like, but like the musical parodies that they did, like the stuff on Sweeney Todd and the stuff on, um, Phantom and like all the you know all the backgrounds of you know getting you know. And I d- I did up. like that it wasn't like a beat for beat Sweeney Todd. No, it wasn't no, like no, no, Mo no. is murdering people to put in his beer. It was very subtle yeah. references. So it was like they took the inspiration from Sweeney Todd. But unlike, but they didn't go King Homer syndrome. They didn't where go they like their first several episodes of Treehouse, where they just took like a famous movie and it's just like, let's just remake the movie, yeah. put it five minutes long, and you know, add a stupid Simpsons spoof so, to so it. So you literally had, and by the way, I, and I just thought about it too. It's Sweeney Todd, Phantom of the Opera, Noises Off, um, 
and literally the song, uh, um, uh, you know, keep it light, keep it gay from the producers. Yeah. Like literally that's, that's the, that's so it the had all those inspirations, that's... but it was still its own thing. Correct. Uh, wait, wait. That, that's an actual song? That is an actual song and it's fucking hilarious. That is hilarious. Dude, if you, what if, play is that in? The producers, if you've not seen the producers, I don't know what the fuck that you're doing with I've yourself. I've only ever seen the original Mel Brooks movie. See the see the, uh, the Master Product and um, Nathan Lane one. Will Ferrell p- plays a Nazi playwright. Really? It is amazing. Um, oh, it well, is, the Nazi playwright is from the original movie. Correct. There's I would a, say see the original first because that is that is probably one of the greatest comedies ever put it, to screen. Oh, it, 100%. And that, and that one's Gene Wilder and... Oh, Zero Gene Mostel. Wilder. And, I mean, like, and the, you have Kenneth Mars as the Nazi playwright. You literally cannot... Like, literally, the, the, just real quick, the, the whole story is about two producers that get together. One of them is a, 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 an, accountant. A, an accountant, hilariously enough, and they figured out that they can make more money with a flop than they can... With an actual hit, so their plan is to make the worst possible play that they can make. They hire the worst actors, worst director. They find the worst script, and literally the script is called "Springtime for Hitler," and it's all about how Hitler is amazing. And they hire like the worst directors that they could possibly can. But then the hilarious part is, it turns out to be a hit. <laughs> like it, it, it's amazing. Like literally amazing, and it has you know, like um, and obviously the original movie was done by Mel Brooks. Yep. And it has Mel Brooks isms all over it. That was his first movie, and he won an Oscar for writing it. That was his first movie. Yep. Yep. Wow. Jesus but, Christ. Um, uh, dude. But again, though, if if you um, and then actually Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane did the original Broadway production of it, and they did the movie together. Um, so they're both. Tremendous! I recommend seeing both the movies. They're both great on their own. Uh, Zach, favorite segment? You're the last one. I guess part one, just because I, I got reactions out of it. Okay. I mean, the third one was just, eh. You don't know that world. The uh... I mean, I do kind of know that world. I have done plays before, nothing like gargantuan or anything like that, but I do kind of understand it. But you were also a little kid when you when you did it, you know? Yeah, I was like. Uh... Eight and I think the latest I was was twelve. All right, so yeah, so you you basically you basically ended when I started. Yeah, the um, uh, you know, I started a little bit because after that, that's when I actually started. You know, I finally got a camera and I started doing film. So that's when I like kind of got into that world. But you know, just a little kid. But you know, I mean, the the, the big thing is, I got reactions out of part one. You know, all right. Stuff I could laugh at and make jokes about, and then just be like, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck?" <laughs> Dial F for felony. Yeah. Oh shit. All right. So thank you all for listening to today's episode about Treehouse of Horror Twenty. Uh, be sure to listen to our normal podcast, the Nightmares Podcast, wherever podcasts are available. You can also check us out on all of our social media. At Midwest Horror Network on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Slasher. And of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, we would really appreciate you to smash that like button and stab that subscribe. And then also click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop content here on the Midwest Horror Network. And also if you're listening to this on Spotify or any other streaming service, you can go ahead and press that follow button. So you can also be reminded about any time we drop any of the Nightmares podcasts or any other audio version of our podcast. Thank you very much, and we will see you tomorrow. Happy October 20th.